the marriage carriage of Jesus Christ. That's the party. You seen party buses before? Every time I see a party bus, I get excited. I always look inside there, see what they're doing, having fun, what kind of beer they're drinking in their keg, the quality of the party, the cut, the quality, and the carrot of the party. Amen? Party masters. We were once party monsters in the demonic, now we're party masters in the angelic. I remember 12 years ago or so when we started out on this adventure, God said to me, I'm living over at the, the Phoenix house, a different community house, long, long time ago. And he said, the religious come in and they end the party. But when I send my apostles, they intensify the party. No true apostle is a party pooper. Not possible. Philippians says that my apostolic witness was to increase your joy that your joy may be complete and overflowing was the testimony of the high priest and apostle of faith, Jesus Christ, in the red letters. That your joy would be complete. What does complete joy feel like? Like all the ecstasy in the world combined. Complete joy with no negative side effects. I've been living in it for 20 years. And it gets stronger every day. It's the strongest ecstasy of my entire life today. Mind-blowing peace. God never ceases to amaze me what He's able to do through those that just yield to Him and don't get puffed up in pride and become know-it-alls. You have to be a little out of your mind, actually a lot out of your mind, to kind of stick with this wild party as we pioneer it because it's never been done before. So there's tons of patience and stuff for people that don't understand and get all weird and condemnation and religious about it. They were once drunk and they didn't get drunk and then they got a demon and in and out of the river, in and out of the anointing, in and out of the glory. So don't worry about what anyone else is doing. I don't, I don't even care what these rank heresy people are doing. I don't care what any of these people... Because the thing is, no one's really had the full witness of the party of the Lamb yet. I mean, I, there's hope for everyone. I, I, I know there's people that have married the the blood of the dragon, they have made tithes with fallen angels. Listen, all of us have. Have you ever sinned? That's a covenant with the fallen angel when you sin. And what happened? You got forgiven, so give these people a chance. Saul of Tarsus was a serial killer. And the father spoke one word to him, and he became the apostle Paul. Most of these people aren't serial killers like Saul of Tarsus, you know what I mean? So there is so much hope for the nations... I'm not throwing anybody in Daniel's lion's den yet. I'll throw the demons in. I'll throw the principalities, powers, thrones, dominions, and all spiritual wickedness. And obviously, that gets judged and annihilated. There's no salvation for Satan and his angels. There's no salvation for any demon. They all get the lake of fire now in all the universe. Every demonic entity, every thing that is, that is accursed and not redeemable, anything that's not human, is going to be bound in chains and thrown into hell. And that will cause tremendous jubilee in the nations. The, mostly what's wrong with people is they got foreign entities inside them because they're wounded from hurting themselves and from others hurting them. 
Most people haven't lived a day in their life except without demonic influence. These people have never had a chance to live yet. Most people haven't tasted life outside of the curse of the fall yet. Most. Some have. We live completely outside the curse. But most live completely under the curse. What's the curse? Submitted to the flesh, under fallen angels. Never tasted the fullness of joy. Never tasted the living waters. See, the witness of the gospel is not just with speech, but with power. And the river of life that proceeds from the throne of God and the Lamb is the power of the river of the Holy Spirit. Revelation 22.1 Sparkling crystal clear with no lust or pride in it. Love doesn't boast. I mean, you never hear the Holy Spirit talking about Himself. I have yet to hear the Spirit of God talk about Himself in 20 years of being best friends with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of glory has never boasted to me one single time. The Spirit of grace has never been prideful towards me once in 20 years of intimate friendship with Him. The most amazing person is the Holy Spirit. He leads you to Jesus. Now Jesus, He's saying stuff in the Scripture that sounds like pride. The Father and I are one. And they picked up stones to stone Him. So the role of the Trinity is different. So when you manifest sonship, you'll start saying stuff like, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and all of a sudden, 40,000 people will say, heretic, cult leader, blasphemy. But it's true. It's the truth anyhow. They just can't receive it because they got a religious spirit in them. You're going to go through the path of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and even have, God will tell you to tell people stuff that will make them manifest. Because the Holy Spirit spoke through Jesus and made people manifest all their junk nearly every day of his ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because they couldn't handle freedom. They couldn't handle miracles on Saturday, working on the Sabbath. My God, all this stuff. The freedom is what freaked them out. They couldn't handle Judaism outside of their Jewish box. They literally couldn't. It freaked them out. It irritated them to the point of murdering God and knowing, some of them knowing, Jesus said, you're without excuse because now you know I'm the Messiah. Jesus said that to the Pharisees. That they knew that he was the Son of God, but because his faith was outside the synagogue structure, they murdered him. They couldn't. They murdered him because of freedom. Yeah, it was a financial thing too because it was a wealth transfer outside of their institutionalized religion and it was going to lose all the money they murder because he was taking down the system. Jesus is the greatest rebel that's ever lived. He took down the political system. He took down the religious system. He took down every box and he decreed jubilee to the nations. And he even said into his hometown synagogue, the Gentiles are going to believe me before you grew up with them for 30 years. Can you imagine the father finally letting him loose? You know, it's just been brewing in there. And they'd call him prideful. You think you're better than me? He is better than you. But he humbled himself into the exact likeness of a man, yet was without sin, Scripture says. And he was better than them because he didn't sin. He didn't lie. Didn't do anything wrong his whole life. And he just got treated like crap continuously by everyone, except a few people that recognized his virtue. Not many. Not many. A few. 
He only had 12 disciples. Everyone else got offended by him all the time. Very few could walk with Jesus because he was so perfect. They had so much pride in them they could barely stand him. There were times that his perfection shone out with certain words he used and everyone wanted to leave him. You understand, Peter wanted to leave, James wanted to leave, John wanted, they were tested continuously. And they did finally leave because they betrayed him. They left. (laughs) The cock crowed thrice. Peter, will you betray me? No, Lord, never. Yeah, next day, betrayed him three times. (laughs) Hallelujah. The point of it is, is the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And until you're built up in the spirit, you can never be strong. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Holy Spirit has to become the entirety of your spirit life. And the Holy Spirit's dynamic. Okay, you receive the Holy Spirit the day you ask Jesus into your heart. Amen. The seal of salvation, the Bible calls him. The paraclete, the faceless man, the counselor, the comforter. The one called alongside to help. He leads you and guides you into all truth. You receive the spirit of adoption by which we cry, Abba, Father. You live in the spirit. Now also walk in the spirit, Galatians 5 says. Amen. Now you got to fly in the spirit. There are levels of living, walking, and flying in the spirit of grace. There are measures of grace. The growth in grace is the growth of the Spirit inside your spirit. Your spirit is joined to the Lord. If anyone's in the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord, the Bible says. Meaning that your spirit actually grows like a star. Grows in brightness. We go from glory to glory. And it's all about the Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your spirit. And the Spirit leads you to Jesus, and you begin to know Jesus. You begin to know Him in the third heaven, because He's seated at the right hand of God in all glory. There's no such thing as knowing Jesus on earth. Jesus isn't on earth. The Holy Spirit's on earth. The Bible says that. Jesus ascended into the cloud, sent the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit builds up your spirit and lifts your mind up into heavenly places, Ephesians chapter 2, so you can be seated with Christ in heaven in heavenly places. And in the heavenly places, you get to know Jesus. That's why all these crazy religious people down here on earth, they don't know Jesus. They know Satan pretending to be Jesus. Jesus ain't on earth, crazy dudes. That's why they're so nasty, because the Jesus they're serving is actually Satan, the angel of light that deceives, so that if anyone doesn't agree with my little brain theology and doctrine, we can murder them like Cain murdered Abel. Hey, I brought a sacrifice too. Not good enough! Kill him! That's how it is. It didn't come within my box. Kill him! You did not bring worship the appropriate way. You didn't follow the protocol. All this protocol religious garbage. Listen, you know what the protocol is? In the river. And the river will totally massacre everyone's protocol. People have religious protocol. If it's not, I tell you the truth, it's a one-step formula. Drinking in the river, staying in the river, obeying the river, flowing in the river. The river is everything. The river is the law of liberty in Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not all the way in the river, you're going to have all kinds of problems. You're going to have rules, regulations, condemnation, depression. You're going to beat yourself up, never be good enough. Think about throwing in the towel, towel every day. I've tried so hard. What are you trying for? His efforts are the river. This is like the main thing after you're born again because you're tempted by religious spirits by the millions worldwide. 
that you need to now perform and be a performer and all this pressure to be good every day. There's no pressure. There's no weight of the world on you. That weight is Satan trying to steal your inheritance of grace, trying to steal your birthright by getting you to be a religious worker of iniquity, to practice strange fire and dead works. That's how he ensnares Christians after they're born again. He gets them into religion, having begun in the spirit, trying to finish in the brain, the flesh. Galatians 3, 1, 1 through 3, it is written. So if you stay in the spirit and let the spirit be your works, you cannot, you cannot add anything to the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy is actually the brain's partnership with religion to add to the spirit of grace. That's why they're cut off and that's why we get persecuted and people go crazy on us by the dozens every single day. By the dozens every single day. Completely and totally psychotic religious people every single day for years and years and years. Why? Because a lot of them got born again and had genuine conversions. But then they tried to finish in the flesh and they became witches. They became servants of the light of Cain that murdered his brother. And it's not the light of Jesus. It's not the glory. It's the light of Cain. Cain is a light. Satan is an angel of light that deceives. And Jesus Christ said in the red letters, Beware that the light in you is not actually darkness. That's what he said. The light in you is not actually refund. It's not actually Saturn, sun, and moon, fallen angels, self-righteousness, in the brain, operating out of the curse of the fall, binding you to the principality of Cain. Refund, it's called in scripture. Refund is the word, the ancient Assyrian god for Saturn. Saturn's cube, the false trinity, which is the beast, the red dragon, and the false prophet, which is you partnered with the fallen angels thinking you're a Christian. Oh, we have lifted up the tabernacle of Molech, it is written, Acts 7.43. They didn't lift up the tabernacle of David or the tabernacle of the Ark of the Covenant. They didn't lift up the glory. They lifted up their religious self-righteousness. They practiced the light of Cain, Rephon, Remphan, or Saturn, it is written. That's what religion is. It's the Antichrist. It's Satan and his angels, one-third that fell, working through the pride of the selfishness of the soul, and it's infiltrated 100% of every Christian church worldwide. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. You're not going to find a church on earth, no matter if it's the best glory church. that We love these churches. Listen, I'm not down on anyone. I'd go to many of these churches if they invited me. I'm starting to get so free. I'll speak in your church. Send me an invite. But the thing about it is, is you're not going to find a perfect church because the bride hasn't been perfected in faith yet. The bride... It's still very much overcoming the seven stars that fell from heaven. The seven days of the week. Do you know what they are? It's important. Today's Monday, named after the moon. Your work week is named after the seven stars because ancient Christians knew this stuff. (laughs) Ancient Jews knew this stuff. People had revelation. The, the apostles' teachings were well known, and they used it, a lot of them, for personal gain and benefit, and that's how the Roman Catholic Church was formed. Secret societies. We cannot let commoners have all the revelation of the apostles. we got to use this stuff as a government of religion. And so you have the Roman Empire, you have the Roman Catholic Empire, you have 
the Dark Ages, all of that was the control of religious revelation. That's where you get the Jesuits. That's where you get Freemasonry. It all comes out of revelation knowledge used for self instead of benefiting others. That's what sorcery is. That's what the dark arts are. That's the nature of Satan and his angels. It's called in the book of Revelation, the dark secrets of Satan. I, that you are not interested in the dark secrets of Satan. What are the dark secrets? All the religious knowledge that he uses to manipulate the na- nations as a religious devil. So Monday's moon, it's named after Lundi. Tuesday's Mars, named after Mardi. Wednesday's Mercury, named after Mercredi. Thursday's Judai, named after Jupiter. Friday's Vendredi, named after Venus. Saturday's Samedi, named after Saturn. Sunday is Demanchi, named after the sun. I'm sure you can pronounce it better than me, and I basically don't care anymore, so I kind of burned my college graduation certificate because it's worthless. And I get so drunk and high half the time. God has never trained me even in education. He's trained me in the glory. I tell you the truth, the more you get trained in the glory, the dumber you look to educated people. It's a stumbling block. I used to actually be smart. I did. I had 4.0 in Letterman's jacket. I had I graduated with honors from my university. And God, that was like the first thing the glory of God burned out of me. And so that's one of the, that's respectability. Your human education, your human pride of knowledge. That's one of the first things that gets eaten up by the glory of God. And you will look like a stupid kid. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. And the children are so built up in the glory of God... That doesn't mean you're stupid. No, you're actually way smarter than everyone else. It's just you're so blasted on the glory all the time. The hu- even the human languages and the human communication is so nonsensical and foolish to you that you have a hard time even using it for communication. We're communicating here, and it sounds like English, but I'm actually speaking ancient languages behind the words. There's actually many waters and many different tears that this word is being preached. I'm speaking out of my belly, speaking out of my heart, speaking out of my mouth, speaking out of my forehead. I have mouths on all my eyes. We're reaching multiple dimensions simultaneously in the voice of many waters. We've been doing it for years. It's not so much about the English words. It's about what's inside them as containers and rivers. Amen? It's about packing as much punch into words people can actually receive. And the dumber the words are, the more simple, that's why Jesus Christ spoke at a 7th seventh grade level education in the Bible, the more people can receive them. So, receiving the seven days of the week, the seven stars of the seven, planetary, the seven planets, and you understand that the sun and the moon are like, not planets, and you understand that these planets are not stars, but they're called stars. So, every single thing about these mysteries is so stupid it's it's the biggest stumbling block to the natural man and it's set up that way on purpose that's why you do have to be out of your mind to learn the things of the spirit your mind has to be controlled by the spirit doesn't mean you're crazy prophets are not crazy but they're crazy they're crazy because they're out of their carnal minds and they're in their spiritual minds and a mature prophet is always 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 out of the flesh, in the spirit, in spiritual intelligence. And the more prophetic you are, the more built up you are 
in the spirit of prophecy, in the testimony of Jesus and in the mind of Christ, the more separated and holy from the flesh of the brains you are. Now you use your brains because that's your access into the heavens. You use your bones and blood because that's your access into dimensions, into the earth, into the underworld, into the sky, into the clouds, the trees, the rocks, and the waters. And you want access to every realm in the universe through your flesh. Because God the Father only works through human beings. If God the Father wants to do something in your life, He will send a human being to do it. Sometimes He'll send angels, but He usually almost always will send people. That's why He sent apostles out to the nations, go and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He uses temples of human flesh, filled and sanctified with His Spirit, with His Word, with His power, with His grace, with His fruitfulness, with His revelation just oozing out of them. And you have to understand God's ways because that's the new covenant. That He's using men and women that are broken, some of them serial killers like Saul of Tarsus. Oh God, I can't receive from him. Can't receive from Saul. They're all scared of him except Barnabas, the Bible says. Barnabas took him in, could taste the sweetness of his spirit. <laughs> Paul was, Barnabas wasn't scared. Everyone else was scared of him. James was scared of him. Peter was scared of him. This dude's going to kill us. They still had fear on him. That's what the Bible says. It says the only one that wasn't afraid was Barnabas and hooked up with Barnabas. And they became an apostolic team and brought earthquakes into cities. So this stuff is always used through broken people that have been made humble through life. These powers... These spiritual abilities are only available through alabaster boxes that have been smashed and poured out on the feet of Jesus. If you have not been broken and continuously broken and continuously poured out, there's no chance you'll ever be used in great power. When you try to hold yourself together and not be broken is the main way to, be, to never be used by the Holy Spirit your entire life. You cannot be afraid of death and be used by the Lord Jesus. Because He died. You have to die. If you're afraid to die, spiritually, mentally, and physically, you cannot be used of God very much. Maybe a little bit. You could still give a little revelation to people, but you'll never have the power of God outflowing from you like a river. Learning how to die is one of the most important things right now because it's all these elements put together that gives you access into every room in the universe. <laughs> it is. We're bringing you a lot of different revelation. We're bringing you a lot of different realms. But it all comes together as the blueprint of a new heavens and a new earth through the priesthood of Melchizedek. Through you being fully slain with the Lamb, operating in all of His abilities. These are the most important areas for you to be in, begin to operate in sonship. Power. Through your spirit slain, through your mind slain, and through your bones slain. So that the principalities, powers, thrones, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places cannot influence the areas of your life that you're not willing to lose control in. The reason why Christians are so demonized and so negative and so afraid is because they haven't been taught how to die, how to bring the daily sacrifice of self, how to die daily. That is why people are plagued with the grave clothes. John chapter 11, I'm going to Lazarus, he's four days dead, he stinks, and I'm going to take the grave clothes off of Lazarus. Four days dead symbolizes the bride, totally dead, sleeping beauty, 
totally dead, you know, but he said he's just sleeping. We're going to wake him up. He's just sleeping. And they grumbled amongst themselves. I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. He's sleeping. He's sleeping in the bowels of the earth. His blood's cold. He's mummified. They'd wrapped him in burial cloth. Can't move. He's literally, the Jewish burial clothing be wrapped head to toes. So he couldn't walk out of his tomb. He could only levitate out of his tomb by the Spirit of God that raised him from the dead. <laughs> and then Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. That's what God's going to do to all the religious people that have been bound up in the burial clothes that represent religion. It represents religion. The mummification of the burial clothes is the main thing that combats the true gospel of the glory of God that we preach every day. That people still are mummified by religious spirits and religious lies in their spirit, in their soul, in their brain, and in their blood. Religious spirits are vampire spirits. There is no spirit more wicked in Satan's kingdom than the religious spirit. That's the main thing attacking every single one of us every single day after we're born again. The main thing. You'll deal with Satanists. I'll deal with witches. I'll deal with the occult. I'll deal with the most vile, wickedest stuff that exists in the world. I'll deal with 33 degree Freemasons and it doesn't even compare to the, count, to the kind of demons that work inside of Christians. You have no idea. We are so paranoid and fearful, we think that, oh, it's so bad out there somewhere. You know, the Wiccan covens and the seances and the occultism and the things and the druidism and the secret societies. You don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. The main stronghold, of the fallen angels has been right before your eyes in the Christian church. Something called the Whore of Babylon, and this is in condemnation to any Christian. This is revelation to set Christians free. Satan put all his biggest demons in Christianity. It's not in Islam. It's not. It's not in other religions. It's not. It's in the covenant people's faith. Just like it was with the Jews. Satan didn't care about other religions back then. He only worked with the covenant people. They had the power. They had the covenant. They had the rulership of the universe. That's why the fallen angels only affected them in the Old Testament. That's why the fallen angels only care about Christians in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. We have the power. We have the authority. We have the dominion and might. But most of us have not been taught correctly. We don't know how to use it. We don't know who we are. We're perishing still for lack of knowledge, even in the charismatic church that we die daily for. So they may grow in revelation. It's time to be priests of the Melchizedek order. It's time to operate in the river of life. It's time to operate out of the city of David, have a blueprint for the new Jerusalem. It's time to get our minds renewed and so renewed that the very soul of God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, is burning through every cell of our brains. Seven horns. Revelation 5-6. The seven horns. And I don't see them as some kind of beast horns. I see them as horns of oil. Horns of oil. The menorah having the anointing fully manifest through your entire brain and every cell in your brain and the connecting of the two hemispheres of your brain as one new mind of Christ and all the Father's ability boiling through your brains in the seven spirits of God, the seven 
horns. We think horns like animal horns. Well, it's called the horn of oil of the anointing in the Bible. And the menorah is the seven horns of the anointing oil. Oh yeah, and the menorah is the Holy Spirit of God, the messianic anointing that begins as a taste in our bellies. And if we constantly yield to the Holy Spirit, He will rise up in our spirit and fully transfigure our brains. And in Revelation 5-6, we see a lamb, the demonstration of the first Christian, the first son of God, the firstborn, Jesus, the son of God, having been fully slain with the seven horns. Have you been fully slain, fully destroyed by the anointing? See, we think the anointing is here to just bless us, heal us. Yeah, it'll do that. But the anointing kills everything that's not from God. Absolutely slaughters it. The lamb was slaughtered. The human nature of the lamb was slaughtered. His, his entire humanity was slaughtered on the altar by God the Father, by the seven horns. Offered as a sacrifice for everyone who can eat his flesh and drink his blood. And now we're learning through the ages how to operate in the same nature of Jesus Christ. That's why his name is written on our foreheads. That we are also sacrificial lambs, sheep to the slaughter. We die daily. Amen. We bind our hands and feet with cords to the horns of the altar of the skull of humanity and we slit our throats and pour our blood like the best wine saved for last into all human flesh. And our blood and water separates as wine and as glory into everyone's flesh, intoxicating the nations by our self-sacrifice. That's real Christianity. I have poured out my life as a drink offering on the altar of God, the Apostle Paul says. I've become a libation and a drink offering. They were drinking his spiritual blood. Not natural blood. There is no pain involved in it whatsoever. It's pure ecstasy. I mean, maybe a little pain, but not really much. There's no physical stuff involved in it other than the suffering that comes from the demons trying to stop you. They're stoning him to death in every city because he's actually like the sacrificial lamb pouring out his spirit, pouring out his blood, pouring out his energy, pouring out the river of his blood on all flesh in those Greek cities everywhere he went as an apostle. That's what you need to learn how to do. We're going to do it. We're already doing it. We've been doing it for years. And now we're going to teach people how to be sacrificial lambs, how to die daily, how to pour out their spirit. You want to be drunk in the glory? Become a sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Amen? And then you'll be a temple of the Holy Spirit that gives the daily sacrifice. Our main problem of why we're so weak is we don't give the daily sacrifice of dying daily to our own spirit, to our own soul, our mind, will, and emotions, our heart, our brain, our spine, and our bones and blood. Amen. And when you die to your own spirit, soul, and body, you will live to the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and Jesus Christ through your spirit and through your soul and through your bones and marrow. And then you'll walk in the power of God. You'll walk in such tremendous power to the measure you sacrifice your lust, your pride, your opinions, your need to be right, your need to win arguments, your attacking of others, all that stuff. And when that happens, listen, don't steal my blessing when people start cursing me. I love when people curse me. It's one of my favorite things because all curses turns, turns into blessings through the blood of the Lamb. And not just a blessing for us, a blessing for them. 
So don't even stop them when they're cursing. Get excited about it. Oh, buddy, that dude's working up a big blessing. All these people that have cursed us, that have mocked us, that have said all kinds of negative, horrible lies about us, and none of them are true. We walk in perfect purity and holiness every day for years. Years and years and years. I mean, I'm in prayer in the Bible, in fellowship with Christians at the highest level of apostolic ministry in the world for years and years. All they do, since they don't understand it, is attack it because they're demonized. Let the demonized people attack us and we'll be scapegoats and we'll die for them and we'll turn all those curses on their heads into blessings. And they'll be thankful afterwards because we've died for them to get the demons out of them. That's what happens. You'll win every witch's coven. You'll win every religious church. Nothing can stop a person that walks in the sacrificial nature of Jesus Christ. Our problem is we haven't learned to love perfectly and lay our lives down serving others more highly than ourselves. We're still defending ourselves, argue, arguing, religious debating, I gotta be right, you know, all this stuff. Give a person a drink. Let them curse. Let them vent. These people have been so beat up. Who better to take it out on than the priests? That's really what the temple's all about. Come in here with all your crap, Poop and pee all over the place. We got so much water here. We'll wash you. We'll change your diapers. We'll cut you in half with the sacrificial dagger of the sword of the Spirit. We'll separate your bones and marrows. We'll, we'll transfigure you no matter how horrible you are as a person. As long as you're willing to be sacrificed, as long as you're willing to be washed, you don't have to be in the living water. You can live in Egyptian hell for eternity. You can go the way of the scarabs. You can go the wide path of selfishness and destruction and needing to be right, the way of pride and religion, the way of Cain. All that will be washed in a lake of fire. But we're not here to participate with the kingdom of hell and all the condemnation of religion and self-righteousness and Cain activity. We're here to pull people into the living waters and get them refreshed. Get them in love. These realms of living waters are the realms of unconditional love for everyone that desires to be refreshed by drinking the love of God, by drinking the love of one another. It's not just the love of God. It's the love of God through us, through men and women and children that are full of waters and flowing in living waters. The children will flow in it easier than the adults. They have less blockages, less religion, less worldliness. Less idolatry of the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar in their brain, wasting their lives trying to be professional in the sands, building sandcastles, building up their 401ks that just won't exist in a few years. Just a complete and total waste of your talents. Building all of your wealth in a kingdom that has no future. They'll weep and wail and beat their breasts, for Babylon the Great has fallen. Oh, let's invest in Bitcoin. Let's invest in Wall Street. You can do whatever you want. And I'm saying there's probably a ton of money to be made there, but in a short while, everything that's not inside the water temple will be completely demolished into hell. And it'd be better off if they'd never even existed. Whole systems of this world will be completely, systematically annihilated by the living waters. And that's good. That's how you have heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is everything in heaven also on earth, economically, physically, spiritually, in all the riches of heaven, all the wisdom of heaven, all the health of heaven. What, what do you need health care for? Well, we're not perfect yet. You're about to be perfect in just a few moments, in a couple of vapors of a moment. You're about to be so perfected in your spirit, in your soul, in your flesh. Do you realize how close you are to the perfection of the kingdom age? It's inside every word I'm speaking to you right now. If you can believe it, 
it goes into the womb of your belly and the seed impregnates the womb and you'll birth the golden child. You'll birth the Son of God in power. You'll birth sonship. You'll birth the river of glory. You'll birth the throne of God and the Lamb. You'll birth the entire kingdom dimension to the measure you believe my words. To the measure you don't, well, you'll go without. Doubt and go without. Believe and receive. Whatever. But there are people here that will actually receive these words and bear the fruit of the kingdom, and they'll bear fruit that lasts by staying attached to the vine which is staying in the river. Staying in fun, staying in freedom, staying in innocence, not getting judgmental of new levels of glory, new levels of revelation. My God, that can't be God. What the heck? Why don't you just manifest more demons? People that walk with us for one, two, three, four, five years, and they come to a fork in the road, and it's like, really? Now you can't, have, can't be sexually pure to use Song of Songs language now? Are we that perverted that you can't say sex and, Oh my God, manifest! Oh, kisses! Oh, it's in the Bible! They're kissing them everywhere in the New Testament. Kisses! Greet one another with a holy kiss! They're drinking wine if you're, for your stomach. I'm not saying anything sexually out, and I hate alcoholism, I hate drunkenness, but a lot of us are just demon-possessed with demons of lust and demons of religion. That's why they freak out, and it's like you, you did well for a while, and you just tensed up, and their veins started to bulge in your neck. You knew they are about to manifest. They could only handle so much, and when they came to the fork in the road, were they going to choose the river or the demon? Honestly, in my experience, most chose the demon. I'm looking at so many of my friends this season as we're in the love glory that are still doing laps around the mountain that couldn't go to the next level. And it grieves my spirit more than you could ever imagine. I'm looking at I'm like, I gave you a thousand chances to go higher, but you are not willing. That's Jesus Christ to Jerusalem. Brooding over you, mother hen. But you were not willing to go higher. You were complacently satisfied at that little circle of influence. That little level of revelation. That little taste of glory. And most of them were just cowards because they w didn't want to get a little persecuted going into the sex language, going into the song of, song, song of songs, love and purity. Oh, God forbid we redeem everything that's in the world so that nothing has power except God. God forbid that we take away the sting of death from society and go after every realm of society and take away all of Satan's power by using it in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and purifying it with the water temple, which is our only reasonable service. Amen. So that Satan has no power in anything that's in the world. He doesn't own anything. We'll go after every music genre. I love gangster rap. I love heavy metal music. I don't give a crap what is Christian, what's non-Christian. I'm above the sun and moon. I'm above the curse of the fall. We'll reign through all of it. Is all of it redeemable? Not all of it. Most of it is, actually. You'd be surprised how much when you wash everything that's in the world and get above the snake line and curse line and the religious line and all this filth that influences people's minds, how much of it can be enjoyed in the spirit of holiness. It's the majority, not the minority. The majority of the stuff that the fallen angels built, it's like the Canaanites. Israel didn't destroy it. Israel destroyed some stuff, the walls of Jericho. They destroyed that. They destroyed the Nephilim. They destroyed the nations. They destroyed a lot. But they inherited the vineyards. They kept those. They inherited the houses. Don't, don't bulldoze the mansions. I'm going to have some fun in there. There was a lot of it that the fallen angels built now in the whole universe that we get to inherit that don't tear down. We're going to have fun in those realms. 
That's exactly where we're going into now. In the inheritance of the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells. And the only people that can inherit this stuff that was built by warlocks and fallen angels and all the heavens and all the earth and all the underworld, everything, are people that are not religious. You had to be not religious to go into the promise. Remember, everyone that was religious died in the wilderness, but the younger generation, the youth generation, that overcame all that doubt and unbelief of religion, they entered in and inherited the promises. They destroyed the stuff that was not redeemable. We're, we're doing that, but doing that. People, even religious people love that. But then they're inheriting all like the Jurassic-sized grapes. Don't those belong to the Nephilim? That's Nephilim juice, Nephilim wine. No, it's our wine now. Jurassic wine, the best wine for last. All the stuff the Nephilim and the dragons did in the heavens and the spirit and the underworld will inherit all of it. All of the best stuff that appears to be the most satanic stuff, you remove the devils, you sit right on their throne, and it's just, whoa, that's where the, no wonder why they didn't want to lose these realms. Now we're sitting on the throne of David, sitting on the throne of Lucifer, sitting on the throne of the 12 constellations, sitting on the throne of Neptune and Jupiter and Saturn and Mercury and Mars and the sun and the moon and the sky and the underworld and everything that's in the earth. And we're just taking back this whole universe from Satan and his angels. And you begin to realize how much religion only is what kept Christians from the promised land of possessing the heavens and the earth as their inheritance in this generation. And the sons of God were the ones that were just bold enough to not listen to the religious filth of the little boxes of do's and don'ts, here a little, there a little, all of it just religious garbage, and just plow right into it and take their inheritance. And that's exactly what Joel's army is doing. It's written in the book of Joel, and it's fulfilled in your hearing. Partner with Red Letter Ministries, donate at redlettermen.com, and send this message to millions of people. The more you give, the more this message is right before their eyes, and they have to hear it, they have to see it. Everyone in the world, 2.2 billion people, possibly reached by your donations through Facebook broadcasting. Redlettermen.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.